At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden hanging out with you today with Vison. Of course, we've got a big show, of course. The first Broncos depth chart is out. I'll discuss that. Some things that kind of stood out to me. We'll focus on the offense today, though, because I think there's a lot to dig into there. New Broncos ownership. It's done. Some interesting things said yesterday. Bet Rivers updated lines on the Broncos Cowboys. Plus, I made a bet backing the Ravens, doing something I usually don't do. My friend, Ian. He's not a friend. He's a friend. My friend, Ian St. Clair from PlayColorado, PlayColorado.com. Got a lot to talk with him about. Uh, including preseason NFL betting and Naz Kadri, Nazim Kadri, goodbye from the Avalanche, goes to the Islanders. So let's go to the first Broncos depth chart of the season. All right. Javante, we're going to look at the offense. Javante is the RB1. So he's the starter, but both running backs will apparently be in a pitch count, according to offensive coordinator Justin Outen. So again, here is reason number 74 that I'm not betting any preseason Javante or Melvin Gordon numbers. You know, number one, the injury attrition rate at the position. Number two, now we got both guys on a pitch count. <clears throat> Does that mean Mike Boone's going to be in there? Does that mean it's closer to a 50-50 split than many of us thought? We're going to find out. But again, you hear these guys being on a pitch count. I think week in, week out, it's going to be tough to bet these player props. And I am huge into player props. 
you're going to have to have a monster matchup and you're going to have to have a situation. Um, well, it'll be a no brainer to bet over on Javante, you know, if, and when Melvin's out, but before that, I just, I, I can't see betting, especially preseason with both guys being on a pitch count. So whatever Javante is number one, Melvin Gordon's number two. I think that's the way it goes this season, both on a pitch count. And we'll see if Javante's pitch count is higher. Uh, offensive line. Let's talk about that. Cause Bradley Chubb, I, I keep seeing these videos. He's just crushing Draymond Jones and Garrett Bowles, like just mauling these dudes and Calvin Anderson's getting beat up at right tackle. Now last year, this offensive line was stellar. According to pro football focus, one of the top five offensive lines in the national football league, they're changing scheme now a bit. Going wide zone, smaller, more athletic, quicker, faster offensive linemen. You still got the same guys here, though. But let's look at the depth chart. Calvin Anderson starting right tackle. Billy Turner is on pup, okay? And he's way in the back of the depth chart. So what you have here is Graham Gaslau and Moody backing up Dalton Reisner and Quinn Miners. Now, Reisner, not a big surprise, okay? But Miners... Wow, he, he's over Graham Glasnow right now, Glasgow right now. And, uh, you know, Moody's been getting a lot of buzz. So I think it's interesting here. Reisner, Miners, I like this. A couple other things. Alberto Okwebunam, he has held on to the top spot at tight end. Okay, Greg Dulcich, I'm not expecting much of anything out of him, maybe toward later in the season, but historically rookie tight ends just don't have monster seasons. And we saw it with Kyle Pitts last year. The guy just did nothing the first half of the season. And I don't think that Dulcich is even close to the talent that you see with Pitts. I mean, that guy is just extraordinary. He's on another level. But Alberto looks like he's going to be the number one here. We thought that he's having a nice camp quarterbacks who's going to be the backup i think josh johnson has the he has the the head start so you got russell josh johnson is number two brett rippon is number three and hackett came out and said that's an ongoing competition so don't expect that to be settled anytime soon and we'll see a lot of them both these guys in the game coming up against dallas we still have not we still have not <laughs> it's amazing too we've not gotten any news on if Wilson is playing, if Russell Wilson's playing or whatever. It's just, it's fascinating to me that we still don't have anything for week one, but you know, Hackett wants to just sit back, relax. We are quite a few days away from the game, you know? So um, just keep that in mind before you bet this game. I think we could have blind bet the total at 33 and a half with Dallas and Denver, but uh, I'll get you the lines in that game in just a minute. Because I want to finish the talk of the depth chart, which I think is interesting. Again, we'll go over the defense tomorrow. But the only other, the only other big position to talk about here, and it's a big position, Josh Johnson, uh, listed as the team's second-string quarterback, is not as big to me as the starting wide receivers. And you got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Uno Dos Trace. One, two, three. No surprise there. Jerudy has had a couple of good practices recently. You know, Sutton's had a foot issue. He's got to stay healthy this year. He's got to, he's got to play, what, 15 games or this team is screwed. 
Uh, and I seriously believe that. You know, if you're stuck with Judy Hamler, Kendall Hinton, Hinton and uh, Montrell Washington, I think you're in a lot of trouble. Anyways, so the top three receivers here in the first depth chart, Sutton, Judy, Hamler. Then you got Kendall Hinton, not a good quarterback, but at wide receiver, can he be the number four? We're going to find out. Tyree Cleveland, who I know a lot in the organization want to see succeed. And Montrell Washington, my guy that I loved as a returner. And now maybe we will see him as a wide receiver because rookie wide receivers have been able to make an impact. We'll see if Washington, who was drafted, he was drafted very late in the draft, played at a smaller school. We'll see um, if this guy can make this team as a wide receiver. He's definitely making the team as the returner, but I also want to see if this team keeps five or six receivers on the active roster. You know, could Cleveland go to practice squad at this point? You got your big three. It's going to open up another spot, at least one spot. I'll be interested to see if it's five or six wide receivers. And personally, you know, just looking at the talent level here, like is Kendall Hinton really a starting or even a, a relief receiver, a, a second string receiver, a third string receiver, to me, Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Cleveland, and Montreal, Washington. That's the five. Hinton would make it um, as number six. All right, so Broncos ownership is settled. That's number two on the front range for The Rob Walton Group buys the Broncos for $4.65 billion with a B dollars. Billion dollars. Here's Stan Kroenke. Uh, he is obviously the owner of the Nuggets. He's the owner of the Avalanche. He's the owner of the Rams, but... A lot of business here in town for Kroenke. By the way, thanks for not letting us watch your teams once we buy multiple carriers here. But here's him talking about Rob Walton and Kerry Walton-Penner and his son, Greg Penner. He goes, they'll do a wonderful job having people you know you can count on that are forward-looking, progressive, and want to invest in the facilities and communities they're in. That's a big deal. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Does that mean... Better facilities for practice at the Valley. What does that mean, better facilities? Does that mean a new stadium? Now, Penner, who's kind of running the day-to-day -day operations here, said it was premature to have any public discussions about when or if the ownership group will replace Empower Field a mile high with a new stadium. Again, I just don't see it as necessary right now. Now, if the group looks at it and says, hey, we can make so much money, by building a new stadium and we can get the Super Bowl here, then by all means, you know, you go for it. I don't like having Super Bowls in town. I have been to plenty of Super Bowls. Uh, the town gets, it, you think traffic's bad right now. It just becomes a disaster. It's like the Olympics and the Super Bowl. Two things I don't want to see in the town that I live in. All right. Uh, are they going to replace the power field? Again, not a big deal to me about a Super Bowl. I know that they probably want a Super Bowl really badly here. Wouldn't shock me to see in power field um, go by the wayside within the next decade or so. Uh, also, last but not least on this, Rob Walton has been targeting the Broncos for at least 10 years. I had no idea. And that's what he had to say about that. One sports franchise that we would have considered uh, buying. And it's just, uh, well, Greg, actually, as he mentioned, started uh, conversations uh, 10 years, some 10 years ago about it. Uh, then things, uh, the team actually announced uh, it was for sale uh, early this year. 
and we uh, we got in the middle of it first thing. We'd been talking about it, and uh, we have connections. They, Greg and Carrie live in Colorado. I've been going to Colorado, have a home there for a long, long time, other family members there, so great connection for us. We're really excited about it, and it's just a terrific team, terrific band base. So there have been discussions for a long, long time. Long time. And they finally got it done. So this is great news. You know, you go from the Bolins, one of the most successful owners in the history of the world, to the last six years when Pat's official, when he's gone, he's completely out of it. It's just been a disaster. And now there's a lot of optimism because you already have a really good young general manager in place. We'll see about the head coach, a lot of energy, knowledge there. And Russell Wilson, the quarterback, just everything you need. The coach, the general manager, the quarterback, and now the owners. All right, that was number two on the front range. Four, four biggest sports stories on the front range, which means we are going to get to number three. And we'll look at the Broncos-Cowboys preseason odds. This game will be uh, Saturday night here in town. Cowboys plus two and a half, minus 110. Broncos minus two and a half, minus 110. Uh, on the money line, Broncos minus 137, Cowboys plus 114. And then you've got 31 and a half being the total juice to the under at minus 114, minus 107 of the over. I told you, uh, last week, this thing dropped 33 and a half was the total. So this thing really sunk quickly, very quickly. As a matter of fact, um, I did place a bet. This has nothing to do with the Broncos. I went against every inkling that I have, okay? And I backed a minus 180 favorite, Titans at Baltimore. And I'm going to tell you why this bet went down at minus 180. I didn't bet enough to move it to minus 186. Now it's 186. All right. I don't think I moved the line. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But John Harbaugh has a 20-game winning streak in August. He's 18-2 and two against the spread. Let me repeat this. Harbaugh, 20-game winning streak in the preseason, 18-2 and two against the spread. Wow. Like, you do not see that at all. Man, that's nuts. So, that's my bet for today's show. We're going with the uh, Ravens. You know what? The more I think about this, 18-2 and two against the spread, too. How do we not just bet? I'm sitting here betting live on the show. So this is going down right now. Um, it's obviously taped. But I go back to this. The Ravens, minus 3.5, minus 110. Um, let's throw 50 bucks on that. Why not? That'll be fun, right? All right, so the Ravens, minus 3.5, minus 110. On Bet Rivers, the bet is in. Minus 180, money line. I hated doing it, but I did it. Let me give you some preseason NFL betting notes here. And a lot of this is from VEASAN. Uh, Steve Mackinan, he works for VEASAN. Didn't get to meet him when I went out to Vegas. Uh, wanted to. I'm a fan of his work over there. Anyways, uh, favorites in the range of three and, minus 3.5 three and to minus 7 have been reliable. 55.9% coverage rate. 118 93 and four against the spread. I mean, that's almost 56% favorites between three and a half and seven. And that's where the Ravens land. 
most games do land in the minus one to minus three range. Dogs win a lot. I just bet <laughs> completely opposite against that. But I think the Ravens are a special situation when you're covering 90% against the spread over a 20 game sample. I think you can do that. Um, so that's interesting. Since 2015, dogs in the one to three range have hit for 59.5%, 135.92 against the spread. Now, for those of you that think there's home field advantage in the preseason, you're wrong. <laughs> Road teams have won 54%, 30, 26, 279 against the spread. So make a little bit of profit if you take the road teams, and that's a 10-year sample. Since 2010, 37, monster number for totals. Totals below 37 have gone over at a 57.6% clip. So thir below 37, they've gone over at 57.6%. 37 or higher have gone under at a 57% clip. So totals below 37 have gone over a little bit more. You could look at the over at 31 and a half again. Um, I think there's a good reason why this dropped. I think we're going to see a lot of Josh Johnson. I think we're going to see a lot of Brett Rippon. We're going to see a lot of uh, uh, backup jabronis for the Cowboys. So uh, I don't want to call them scrubs. That's just not nice. But uh, the backups, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a bunch of the backups here. So it doesn't surprise me. Bet it down to 31 and a half to play here. If you're just looking at these trends or systems, I should say, I'm not going to back it, but it is an interesting system. So you take away unders in the Hall of Fame game, okay? None of the 16 preseason games this week have a total of 37 or higher. The closest is 36 and a half for Carolina, Washington. Think about that for a second. So you get these totals below 37. The books know this. The overcash is at 57.6%. We don't want to mess with that. Just some trends and systems to throw out there. Don't worry about backing a dog on the road or even a favorite on the road. Road teams, 54%, that's fine. Underdogs in the one to three point range, plus one to plus three, 59.5%. That's where we want to look at it. The Cowboys would be one of those teams this week, okay? The, the Texans would be one of those teams. The Bucks would be one of those teams. Steelers. So, again, these are just numbers I'm throwing out there for you. Don't expect you to, to tail any of this or come up and figure out um, who and when to bet on them. But I think this is like a little bit of a nice outline for you. How about that? I'll just say that. It's a nice little outline for you. All right, let's get to number four in the front range four before we get to Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado. And then after Ian, I'm going to talk about um, the top five lists for various futures categories because there's a lot of money coming in on the Vikings, the Bills. There's a lot of money coming in on the Bears. I mean, win total on both sides, which is fascinating to me. And no real trends on the Broncos at this point, except for we know that um, – Russell Wilson is a popular pick for MVP. But let's get into number four. It's a little baseball. Chris Bryant. He's on the IL. Uh, Nolan Arenado back in town with the Cardinals. I got no play on tonight's game. I just wanted to bring a couple things up here. Uh, injuries. Chris Bryant uh, might not come back this season, but he's not officially shut down. 
Okay. And Buddy Black said, I don't want to go there. It's August 9th, which was yesterday. He said it's too early. But let's just look at Chris Bryant's season here. It's been a debacle, to say the least. He's played in 42 of 111 games. He had a sore lower back at the beginning of the year. Okay. Then he had plantar fascia. So you got his foot. He's in a boot right now, and he's getting treatment. He's going to continue to work with our trainers to hope to feel better. I mean, I get it. You paid all this dude, you paid this dude all this money and you want Bryant to come back. But at this point, you're one of the worst teams in baseball. Just shut it down, man. Even if he wants to come back, protect him. Go come back and try and win next year. You know, this, this team, we have talked about it ad nauseum. They are completely clueless when it comes to building teams. They are completely clueless when it comes to figuring out where they really are as a franchise. They just keep thinking that they're a player away from contending, and that's asinine. And now the guy who invested more money in than anybody else, basically a bust. It's hard to call guys bust because of injury, but you play 42 games, and who knows, but when it's all said and done, he might have he might miss 120 games this year. Just awful. Just an awful signing. And then we were talking about Arenado. Ezekiel Tovar came over. He's been out for more than a month with a groin injury. And he hasn't played a double-A Hartford since June 29th, which really stinks because I was hoping that we would see the, the guy that I think is most major league ready and the top prospect. I mean, you could say Zach Veen, the, the young kid down in the low A's, but, you know, this guy to me, uh, Tovar, and I misspoke. He was not with the Cardinals. That was um, Alaris Montero, who's come up and hit pretty well. But top prospect to me, the guy that I want to see more than anybody else, Tovar, not sure. We're, we're not going to see him. There's, we're just not going to see him. I think if he's healthy, we would have seen him, but... Again, he's been out since late June, and I don't know why you're rushing this guy back either. So the best major league player they have, probably going to end up missing at least 115 games, 120 games, I should say. And then Tovar, the top prospect, hopefully we get a look at him next year. The clock won't tick, though, since they didn't call him up. Next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, our buddy Ian St. Clair joins us. A lot of stuff to talk with Ian about. What you say? Well, we got to look at Broncos ownership. We got a, there's a story about player props. For those of you that aren't aware, like player props for me, it's my bread and butter. Absolutely love it. So we'll talk to him about the emerging market there. And Nazim Kadri moving from the Avalanche to the Islanders. Um, so let's do that next. Ian St. Clair joins us on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, Holden with Veasan, as you already know, and Mr. St. Clair, Ian St. Clair. Play Colorado, playcolorado.com. Check it out. It's your one stop for all the local betting news, right? Absolutely it is. 
I just wanted to get that in there for you so you didn't have to. Oh, thank you. Uh, we have so much to discuss today. So much to discuss. And let's just start with the ownership with the Broncos. We'll get into player props and how some are saying they'll be as uh, popular as sides and totals pretty soon. we got a preseason game coming up here. So I'll start with the ownership, right? And as you mentioned to me before the show, the Broncos now have the richest owner in sports, not the NFL, sports, right? At least in American sports. I mean, yep. I think that some of the guys from Saudi Arabia that are like trillionaires own some soccer teams or something. I'm not caught up on that. Uh, what does that mean? What do you think of this ownership now? And what does it mean that we have the richest? So I think it does two things. I think it puts everything on the table. So I mentioned to you, there's rumors flying around. Apparently Roquan Smith with Chicago Bears is demanding a trade. And one of the teams being thrown around is the Broncos. I think it makes sense if you look at the tight ends in the AFC West. You have Darren Waller. You have Travis Kelsey. What is Roquan Smith? One of the best, if not the best, cover middle linebacker in football. So that would be a huge need for this defense. And I totally get it. We've had this discussion on our Mile High Report Slack channel about how in this defense specifically with Elijah Evero being in the mold of what the Rams and that Vic Fangio defense, which is ironic because Vic Fangio was the one who drafted Roquan Smith, is devaluing middle linebackers. But I think if you have the opportunity to get a guy like Roquan Smith, you do it. And bringing it back full circle to the ownership, having Rob Walton as the richest owner in sports can follow his cousin-in-law and Stan Kroenke and the Los Angeles Rams with what they do. They always seem to find, a, find a way to make a deal for guys, even without picks, even without any draft capital. They always seemingly find a way to get their guy. And then with the salary cap, Kroenke throws gobs of money to Aaron Donald, to Cooper Cup, to Matt Stafford on the signing bonus to skirt the salary cap. Most owners in the National Football League don't have the money that Stan Kroenke does. As you mentioned, Rob Walton does, because basically in one day of Chiefs and Raiders fans shopping at Walmart, there's the money that he needs. So, Are you going to Walmart now more since he owned the, probably, owns the team? Uh, probably not. I mean, it, it is still Walmart. All right, all right. We don't have to go down that <laughs> yeah, road. We don't I have, probably shouldn't ask you that we, question. We don't have I to think do we're that. in the same boat. Anyways, anywho... My favorite part, I don't think Walton knows much about the NFL, by the way. I think he was talked into knowing that he's going to make a ton of money because he's an NFL owner and he gets a lot of power now. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a shiny new toy. And I think it's probably something where he's like, ah, I'm the richest here. Yep. Because he didn't even know Roger Goodell's name. What do you call him? Goodle? Goodle. Something like that. Which is fine. You're worth sixty over $60 billion. I, think I don't think the owner of the that. team knows any football, though. That's I don't want to extrapolate from that, but doesn't that matter a little bit? No. Or is it just, hey, Penner, you take this and you run with it? Exactly. Put it in George Payton's hands. He doesn't need to know football. Just stay out of the way. Give the people that he needs the resources, the capital, the money, the people that George Payton needs, that his son-in-law, George Penner, his daughter, needs to make this a successful franchise. And I think given the, the given the success that this family has had, starting with Sam, Rob's uh, dad who founded and started Walmart, 
I think they're in good hands. And I would rather have a guy who doesn't know football than who pretends he does in Jerry Jones. Now, I was going to bring up Jerry Jones here because there's a few owners around the National Football League that are too hands-on, and I'd rather have a guy that knows nothing about the NFL. Now, exactly. I don't know that he doesn't know anything about the NFL, but when you mispronounce the commissioner's name, I mean, come on, that's that's a little bit of it. Everybody knows Goodell. I, I, do you I, think I he's going to call Peyton Patton? I will see. I, I doubt it. I think a part of that was nerves. I mean, no matter how rich you are in a moment like mm -hmm. that, you're going to get caught up in the moment and you're going to misspeak. Look at John Elway calling him Case Keesum. So I, I think it's just in the moment. Okay. I think it's a bit of a uh, – it, it had to have been emotional. I mean, you are now one of the rare people to own an NFL franchise. I mean, this is an elite fraternity even for somebody like Rob Walton. So I, I think it was just the moment. I think it was a bit of nerves. I, I think it was the emotion of it. I wouldn't get caught up in it or get, I mean, it doesn't show that he doesn't know anything. I, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could be worth $60 billion and mispronounce my new boss's name, even though he's not his boss. He just, yeah, he works for him. He works. For this is him. his, this is his, uh, this is the guy that takes all the heat for him. Exactly. So I, I, and I agree with you. I would rather have a guy who is hands off. And I, I, I love the people that Walton and Penner and uh, I, I can't remember her first name, but uh, Walton Penner, the daughter. I, I love the people they've brought on, especially Melody Hobson. I, I think she is just going to be massive to this franchise. I think Sir Lewis Hamilton being the most successful F F1 driver ever, having him on board. Uh, Condoleezza Rice knows football. There was talk that she could be the next commissioner at some point. She was on the initial BCS selection committee. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this all plays out. I, I, don't, I don't have any concerns. I'm excited. And as Russell Wilson would say, let's ride. So you don't agree with me that Walton doesn't know football? I don't think it matters. I, he has a guy who does yeah. in George Payton. Doesn't matter. He's got the guy they need. Yep. Okay. Number one was the uh, Broncos ownership situation. Number two, I'm going to do a live read here. And then we'll come back. I've got so many other things to talk to you about. Calling all baseball fans, like myself. This week, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for same game parlay bets on all professional baseball games. Create your ideal same game parlay of over three legs. Receive up to three 50% profit boosts. That's right, 50% profit boosts when you place qualifying same game parlay wagers this week only. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app for more details. You got to be in 21, you got to be in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800. 522-4700. So let's move to our next one. Our next thing is that um, Penner, Mr. Penner, who's supposed to be in day-to-day -day operations, right? Yep. He's going to be running. He's the son-in-law. He said it was premature to have any public discussions on whether or not the ownership group will replace Empower Field at Mile High with a new stadium. Uh, to discuss it publicly, obviously, they have gone through this scenario a million times. I don't think you need a new stadium. I think if the owners say, hey, we can make a ton of money doing a new stadium, that's fine. I think Super Bowls are a disaster for the host city. Uh, you think traffic's bad now, just wait for that to happen, right? So what do you think about the future here with the ownership and a new stadium? Keep it where it is. I, I mean, 
it, there's so much that has to happen instead of just building the stadium. We've talked about this before. They would have to update the infrastructure to get out to the stadium. And my best guess, and everyone has said this, is it would be out by DIA. Well, mm -hmm. there's only one way to get out there, and that's E470. They're going to have to improve that. There's going to have to be light rail that goes out there because there's light rail now from both the south and north part of Empower Field at Mile High. There's the interstate to get there. So keep it where it is. And it's not like it's that out of date. I mean, I get it. It's the steel complex, so there's parts that are rusty. But that steel is what makes it the Rocky Mountain Thunder, where Broncos country is able to make the noise that it's able to do. And when the stadium was first built, it wasn't the same because you didn't have the South Stands. I had season tickets in the old South Stands. That was a place where you did not want to go if you were an opponent. I mean, it was just that kind of atmosphere. I felt nervous taking my younger sister there. But yeah. now it's starting to get that atmosphere back because of the success that Peyton Manning had going to the AFC championship game a few times, winning the Super Bowl, having Peyton Manning. It's going to be the same with Russell Wilson. Keep it where it is. It has the suites. It has the concourse. It has the concession stands. Just continue to update it. And if you really do want to get a Super Bowl, put a roof on it. Rob Walton has the money. So there you go. I, I mean, I just think there's too many hurdles that they have to consider and to think about aside from just building the stadium out by DIA. And I, I do want to do one thing real quick. I put this on my uh, Twitter where the a door has officially closed on Pat Bowen. And I think it has been closed for over six years since mm -hmm. he stepped away. I'm glad that Joe Ellis is finally going to go away. His memory that. needs to What do you hate more, Joe Ellis or the Rockies? Ooh, that's a... I think Joe Ellis, just because of what he did to the Broncos, <laughs> Dick Moffert's not a surprise. That guy's a moron to begin with. But yeah. um, it, it officially closes the door on Pat Bowen, and I, I think it did when he died, but this, the door has officially closed. And I, I'm glad that Rob Walton mentioned Pat Bowen and wanting to carry on the success that he had with this franchise. I, I think that's uh, a nod to the fans, to Broncos country, that they acknowledge it, that they know it. So I, that was nice to see, but I, I think it's worth noting that the door is now officially closed on one of the most successful owners in the history of the National Football League and professional sports in America. First preseason's coming up, preseason game. Total went from 33.5 to 31.5. Broncos minus 2.5. I, I, can't, I can't really say I'm comfortable about backing either team given that we have a new head coach here. And I do love betting preseason. I mean, I just broke my own rule and bet a minus 180 on the Ravens to win. Harbaugh's 20-0 in August here. He's on a 20-0 run, 18-2 against the spread. So I backed him at minus three and a half too. But I, I can't bet too much here. I'll figure something out. But the new depth chart's out too. And I wonder what your thoughts are there. First of all, any bets in the preseason? Second of all, what's standing out to you? Because for me, I went over offense. And I just can't get out of my head that Javante and Melvin Gordon are going to be on a pitch count. So I looked at that depth chart and I said, oh, God, could be a 50-50, 55-45 split. 
So I, I think with the preseason, with this first game, it's hard to bet anything because Nathaniel Hackett hasn't announced what starters will play and how long they'll play. Mm-hmm. I, I think that'll play a big a big part of it. I mean, they're not going to play like the whole quarter or anything, but knowing what players are going to play and when I think is is important. So I probably would have, at least me personally, I, I'll avoid this first preseason game, let them get their feet wet, play their first game with Nathaniel Hackett, with Elijah Evero on the defense, on the special teams, get accustomed to, to playing their first game and then look at that second preseason game, which is the most important, I think. In terms of the depth chart, it, not really a lot of surprises. I, I told you that I thought Jonas Griffith was going to be the equal to, to Josie Jewell will be that second middle linebacker. That's how it's played out. A little surprised that uh, Quinn Meniers is the starting right guard for now. I think that will probably end up being the case. I think he's a an, an ideal fit for this zone blocking system. Billy Turner will be the right tackle. It just depends on the status of his injury and when he can get back. Aside from that, I I told you I don't I don't put much stock in the pitch count for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. If Javante Williams plays like I think he will, he's going to be the number one back and he's going to be the bell cow. He's that kind of running back. I I just think he's he brings too much to this offense to not keep him on the field. All right, so let's uh, let's continue with our conversation here. We're done. I guess with the depth chart at this point, except you want to see a guy from the bears being added and It'd be nice. Um, I'll tell you, right. I, don't, I don't blame you. Roquan Smith. There was like, I think he held out of camp and then he got off to a slow start. And now he's like the emotional leader of the bears. And he sees that this team is going to be so bad this season. He just wants out. So this kind of ties in with our ownership talk, right? Yep. Like you have to mortgage a lot to get Roquan Smith. Um, they don't have any first round picks here for what another two seasons, two, two seasons. years. Yep. Right. So the bears are going to be in a full rebuild. You wonder how patient they'll be. Uh, what do you think the game plan is here for kind of acting like the Rams when it comes to the Broncos, getting these big time players just for the season starts F them picks. I, I think that's what the mode needs to be. I mean, you're in a win now mode. You have Russell Wilson, you have your franchise quarterback, this is the, this is the time now. Even if nothing happens, you you make the call to the Bears. You see what they want. You negotiate. See if it happens. They have the money, obviously. If they need to get an extension in place, I, I get people are concerned about draft picks. But look at what the Rams have done. They just won the Super Bowl, made mm-hmm. the trade for Matt Stafford. That needs to be the mindset that that the Broncos have. And to to step back to the depth chart real quick. I think Baron Browning has been one of the surprises of camp because there is a lot of angst about moving him from middle linebacker to edge. And he has really, really flashed through the first part of Broncos training camp. So that's something to keep in mind, especially as Randy Gregory gets back from injury and Bradley Chubb looks to get back to hopefully staying on the field for a full season. But you you add, you add Roquan Smith to this defense. Yikes. I mean, that, I mean, it's already one of the best defenses in football. You have one of the best, if not the best, secondaries in football. You add a middle linebacker who can cover, who can do everything on the field. I, I mean, yeah, do it. You have to at least big ad. it. It would be a huge ad, huh? Yes. 
Yeah, no question. Um, we'll get back to football in a second. You, Mr. Avalanche, getting your Stanley Cup, us getting all of our money, uh, pouring one out for Nazim Kadri, finally going to the Islanders, which is where we thought he would go now for about eight years. <laughs> yep. Said, yeah. Looks like seven years, around seven AAV. So I'm a little surprised he chose the Islanders. I get a lot of a lot of the NHL talking heads think the Islanders are right there. I mean, they had an off year given the injuries and moving on from Barry Trotz, who was the head coach. They think that the Islanders can come back. At, we'll see. Um, a little surprised that it didn't work out with the Avs, but that I mean, that's basically the only aside from Darcy Kemper. But I think George, I've told you, I think Georgiev can be better than Darcy Kemper especially mm-hmm. given the defense in front of him. And we saw what that defense is capable of in the playoffs and shutting down basically the Edmonton Oilers and every team they played against. Basically, the only guy they lost was Nazem Kadri. I mean, everyone else is back. Josh Manson is back. Valerie Chushkin is back. Andrew Cogliano is back. Darren Helm is back. Uh, Aturi Lekkanen, who is a restricted free agent, he's back. Now it's a, a matter of who takes over that second-line center which is what I, I think put the Avs over the top when Nazem Kadri was on the ice. It allowed Nathan McKinnon and that top line, whoever was with him, whether it was Rantanen, whether it was Landis Gog, whether it was whoever it was, the Chushkin, they have to figure out who that second-line center is going to be. They have to. But <clears throat> they're going to be just fine if they don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because they still got the most talent in the world. Oh, They'll be just absolutely. fine. I, I still think yeah. they're the, by far the favorite to repeat. I think they got a taste of what it was like. There, I, I don't think there's a team that's close to them in the West. I, I think the East is a little more stacked. I'll be interested to see what happens with Tampa Bay. I think Carolina. But given that Max Pacioretty, the guy, the, the forward they just traded with the Vegas Golden Knights, he's now going to be out close to six months. But they just got Brent Burns from the San Jose Sharks. So... The, the Hurricanes will be a team to look at. The Rangers, the Islanders, the Maple Leafs are forever going to be the team that people hope brings the Cup back to Canada, which is incredible that the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup was led by Patrick yeah. Roy in 1993. That's the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. So I, 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 I do think the Az are the favorite, even with that question right now as to who's the second center. Okay, let's get back to uh, some betting here. ESPN, the worldwide leader, that's what they call themselves. Uh, David Purdom, pretty kind of a big name in the betting circles, right? And oh, he's he one of the leading. An article. He's one of the leading. Saying that pretty soon we're going to have a 50-50 split between player prop betting and sides and totals. And I've been thinking about this. I got some stuff on my mind to, to say first. I've been preaching this for a long time, and I think you have too. Player props is the future of betting. Why? It takes all the fantasy football people that actually dig into fantasy football and daily fantasy, and it's a natural transition. I know so many guys going from daily fantasy and season-long fantasy into player props because we're already studying these numbers, right? So I'm right there with them. Now, you got limits. You're not going to be able to place you know, $50,000 bets if that's what you're into. I'm not that guy, though. I'm not that guy. My unit's $100, okay? <laughs> so I, I do this because I love it. I do it because I do want a nice little sweat. 
with that being said, are you buying into this that player props will be every bit as popular as sides and totals? I think eventually it's going to take it over because the main reason I think because of that is same game parlays that ties into the props. You build uh, a same game parlay of just player props on things that you think will happen. I, I think that's the way it's going. I, and there's obviously everyone in the industry will say it. You will say it. I've said it. Same game parlays are risky. Don't do it. But if you do like five bucks and that's what you want to do, it adds a little bit more entertainment than just betting the spread. I mean, the spread is what it is. You can throw more it's money tough. on it. And it, it's, it's tough, incredibly man. tough. It's incredibly tough, but it's, it's, it's popular. It's, it adds excitement to it. You think these things are going to happen. So you build it. I, and I, I wish the sports books were better about it than just tweeting out the 15 leg parlays that hit. Yeah. So I, I do think that eventually player props is going to take over total. It's going to take over spread. And I think that I've said this to you before. I think even bigger than that is going to be micro betting. I think as soon as sports books figure out the live betting aspect of it and the micro betting for those who don't know is betting what's going to happen on this exact play, whether it's in baseball, what's going to, what's going to happen with this pitch. Is it going to be a home run? Is it going to be a hit? Is it going to be a ball? Is it going to be a strike in football? Is this going to be a completion for however many yards? As soon as the micro betting aspect of live betting is figured out, I think that's going to be something that it, that takes off. And that's a different subject, but I, I do think that eventually props is going to blow away spread and toll. Well, here's my other thoughts on this. The sports books have had like 75 years to figure out how to get the advantage over sides and totals. The sports books have spent about zero years trying to handicap these player props because yep. I just don't think they lose enough money yet. Now, unfortunately, it's going to get popular enough to where the sports book managers start looking at this going, hey, uh, we're losing a lot of money. We don't need to be doing this, even though there's going to be limits. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, let's take advantage of it while we have the advantage right now. It's just a market that the books don't pay attention to. Absolutely. Not as much as they should. And again, I just came back from Vegas. I talked to casino operators, sports book operators, Every single one of them, eh, they don't really care. Well, and the thing about Vegas is they don't offer it. So very few of the player props <laughs> that are on the board in other places, in other markets, it's not there in Vegas. So I, I, I think this is where if you do your research, like you said, if you're a fantasy football player, if you're a great fantasy football player, why wouldn't you put the research that you put into fantasy football into player props? It's, I mean, it's just a natural progression. It's, it's not, at this point, it's not really betting. I mean, it's still betting. But if you do your research and you find the value, a great, uh, like if if there's some uh, a quarterback who has done a, a certain amount of things over the first couple of weeks and they have like a, a great number on one or two touchdown passes, or if Tom Brady is going against a defense, he usually lights up. And now that he has Chris Godwin back and he has Mike Evans, the question is on the offensive line, given that they had another center go down today at their training camp practice. Mm -hmm. But this is where if you do your research 
you can get your win over the sports book because the sports books are in the same spot you are. They have the same information that you can get. There isn't anything that they're going to do that they can do, as you said, with the spread and the totals of 70 years of doing this. They don't have that with with player props. So this is where you can, if you research and you find the value, you'll have a leg up on the sports books. I think it's 100%. It's 100% we're going to have the the leg up. And uh, I know there are certain sites out there that posted them and then the 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 books had to just limit them. And that was it. It's like we're sick of getting killed by all these and and I just think again there's such a correlation between these guys that have dug in and myself that have dug in so deep to a lot of these player props and the algorithm just hasn't caught up and live player props too. Man, live player props are terrific. Especially the one thing that I've unearthed over the years uh, of betting these props, what is it, maybe four or five years now, um, would be rushing yards for quarterbacks in the second half with their team down. It's almost like a system at this point. Yeah. You know? Um, And I'll throw Lamar Jackson down 10 at halftime. Dude's going to run his butt off over, over. There's just certain things you look at already. Do you bet much props, though? Oh yeah, it's basically yeah. one of the things that I do. I I I look at the matchups. I, I find opportunities. I mean, there's always players that you look at, and you look at the the, the players that maybe below the star players. So everyone knows Cooper Cup is going to get his. But yes, what about the guys who are underneath him? What what focus is Sean McVay going to put on? Uh, a Van Jefferson or when Odell, when Odell Beckham was a part of the Rams, that was someone that I always looked to for a prop. I think um, looking at the, at the Broncos offense, I think Javante Williams is going to be a guy that you can look at. I think um, maybe not Cortland Sutton, maybe Cortland Sutton now that Tim Patrick is gone, but there's always secondary players to the star players that you can look at. And then I think it's not just the NFL where we're going to see props take over. I think it's the NBA. I think uh, given that NBA is the mo- one of the most popular sports to bet, especially in Colorado, given the amount of handle that get that gets bet on in this state, NBA is another way that props is going to take over because that adds even more excitement. Nikola Jokic over 25 points. Um, do the Bucks where it's seemingly everything that – that happens with the Bucks happens all the time. Drew Holiday to hit a three, to hit at least one three pointer. Giannis Antetokounmpo to get three plus assists. Giannis Antetokounmpo to get ten plus rebounds. Those things happen. You can find the trends with props, and that's where you can get a leg up. Yep, I'm with you, buddy. I, we're both 100 percent on this one. Player props are the future going forward. What else happening over at uh, Play Colorado? Because I think. We've exhausted every single topic that I wanted to get to, unless there's something else you wanted to get to. What's going on at Play Colorado? We're doing the latest updates on on casino news with the Isle Casino rebranding as the Caesars Horseshoe up up in Blackhawk. All the latest casino news, lottery news, anytime there's a Mega Millions jackpot or a Powerball jackpot, there's ways to go about it. We'll, we'll get that covered and obviously sports betting. And then the big one, as I've said this to you before, I said it on this show, online casinos. Once states figure out that's where you make money, 
it is going to blow up. Just look at Michigan. You can look at Pennsylvania. That's that's the the way this is headed. It's just a matter of when states had catch up. No question, man. It, it really is fascinating to me too, just to see what's going on um, with that going forward. All right, Ian, thank you so much for the time, my friend. As always, I'm going to come back, wrap up the show with something cool. Uh, Bet Rivers sent out all of the um, top five lists for various futures categories and who's getting the most money, right? Uh, whether it be teams on futures to win divisions or Super Bowls or players. Um, a lot going on here with these numbers, and I think they're fun. Top five most wagered on player bets by total tickets. Herbert to win the MVP. Parsons to win Defensive Player of the Year. All that talk next on the Denver CityCast, presented by BetRivers. BetRivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thanks again, as always, to Ian St. Clair, PlayColorado, PlayColorado.com, and the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We talk with the dude all the time. Absolutely uh, love hanging out with these guys that I have on the show, Springer, Ian, Kreckman, all of them. And I thank all of them for hopping on the show. Final thing here for you, Bet Rivers, uh, they end up sending out emails from time to time and they have a spreadsheet with updated odds and public splits for several nfl futures you got the super bowl conference division mvp rookie of the year team win totals um, and with the exception of the mvp and the rookie of the year tabs all tabs are ranked by their shortest current odds i guess i read you the email part that i shouldn't have read you with the because you don't see the tabs anyway so screw it bet rivers gives us some top five lists for various futures categories the most money coming in as far as single NFL futures wagers, the biggest bet that we see so far, Vikings over nine wins, minus 125. They got a $20,000 bet on that. They got a $15,000 bet on the Bills to win the Super Bowl at plus 650. Bills over 11 and a half wins, minus 133. A lot, a lot of guys at the books hoping that the Bills do not succeed this year. That is the chalk. Uh, top five win totals by percentage of all win total money. Again, back to the Vi A lot of people on the Vikings here. Over nine wins. 7.2% of all the bets on the Vikings over. Steelers over seven and a half. A lot of public money coming in there with the Steelers. Bears under six and a half. That line has been pushed way down, like five and a half now. Uh, and if you're getting a six and a half, it's like minus 165. It's silly. 4.8% uh, of the bets come in there. Top five win totals, percentage of all total tickets. Uh, Steelers over seven and a half is the most popular win total bet out there right now. 7.6, again, very popular team. Eagles, everybody's on the Eagles right now. Off-season moves, Jalen Hurts more accurate. Eagles over nine and a half wins, 6.3% of the bets. That's an interesting one. How about top five teams to make the playoffs? Percentage of all to make the playoffs money. The Eagles have the most money to make the playoffs out of any team. They got 12.9%, and they're at minus 175. Why the hell are people betting the Bills to make the playoffs at minus 455? I mean, that's one Josh Allen injury away from...
just wasting so much money. Minus 455, 12.2% of all the money is there. Just that's just stupid betting. Why would you do that? Uh, Steelers to make the playoffs, plus 295, getting 6.4%. That's the top three there. Uh, to make the playoffs, Broncos, by the way, are on none of these lists. None of them. Top five team to make the playoffs uh, by tickets. Steelers, plus 295, 9%. Bears, no, minus 590, 8.8%. 8.8% on the to make the playoff bets are at a minus 590 on the bears. I mean, listen, the bears are almost not going to make the playoffs, which is why that number, but minus 590, man, forget about it. There's always a surprise team or two. Who the hell knows? I'm not betting that you're not going to be profitable long-term. You want to bet that like once a year, you want to take a minus 590. Fine. Go bet the bears. If you want it, I, I'm not going to do it. Um, what else do we have here? Divisional winners tickets, 11 and a half percent on the bills to win the AFC East minus 200. Ooh, here's an interesting one. Rams to win the West. You're getting plus money, plus 125, 8.1% of the tickets. I still think San Francisco's right there, but I'm getting plus money on the Rams to win the division. That's not a bad bet. Colts now have been bet down to minus 125, 8.5% of the tickets on them for division winners. Hmm. Five top five most wagered on player bets by total money. The most wagered bet in handle total money, Justin Herbert to win the MVP at 10 to one. So as far as player futures goes, no player future, not rushing leader, not passing leader to win the MVP, Justin Herbert. Number one, here's an interesting one. Number two, Bears, Darnell Mooney, people thinking that he is going to be the number one wide receiver there in Chicago, over 925 and a half receiving yards at minus 108. I mean, people are hitting Darnell Mooney over 925 and a half. Again, don't bet the preseason futures, even at wide receiver. As far as yards go, 925 and a half to think of Darnell Mooney sniffs a thousand yards. Burrow to win MVP, third most money coming in there, 13 to one. Rodgers under 32 and a half passing touchdowns. I didn't know that was a, a popular one. As far as money goes, under 32 and a half is minus 110. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. But what we're looking at now is most of the games, he's only throwing one touchdown uh, because, you know, you play 17 games, you throw two touchdowns, you're 34. I don't like that bet. Um, and then my guy, Justin Jefferson, to lead the league in receiving yards. I guess I'm in the chalk because I bet this plus 800. We're getting eight to one. Interesting. Uh, top five most wagered on player bets by total tickets. This will be the last one I do. Again, total tickets, Herbert, number one at 10 to one to win the MVP. Josh Allen, most wagered on player bets by total tickets. Josh Allen, MVP, number two at plus 700. Then it's that Justin Jefferson to lead the league in receiving yards at plus 800. Burrow to win MVP at plus 1,300. Michael Parsons to win Defensive Player of the Year at plus 900. That's not a bet. I'm going to go dig into that Micah Parsons bet. That's fun. Uh, today's show is fun too. Thanks uh, to Ian St. Clair for hopping on. Thanks to Stephen Jung, who corrected me. I've been calling him Stephen Young, like the great NFL quarterback, Jung like jungle. Thank you, Stephen Jung, for producing this show. You do an awesome job. Hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio uh, if you got any questions about betting or just life. Thanks again for checking out the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.